Welcome to our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast. This podcast series is sponsored by the Marquette Forum with support from Marquette University's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion and the Haggerty Museum of Art. It's an extension of a Marquette University mural project to highlight and uplift diverse women-identified individuals whose images and contributions have been systematically made invisible. The artist, Mauricio Ramirez, used photographs of BIPOC women associated with Marquette as inspiration for the images in the mural. The Our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast preserves the stories of female-identifying students, faculty, staff, and alumni who've used their gifts to make a meaningful impact on others, especially those who remain unsung heroes. I'm your host, Sheena Carey, from the Diedrich College of Communication. Joining us today is Christina Callahan, Residence Hall Director, graduate student in the MBA program, set to complete this summer. Thank you for agreeing to share your story with us today. So what is the story you'd like to share with us today, Christina? Yes, thank you for having me. I think when I reflected on kind of what's led me here today, I'd like to share the story about how I got onto my path. So how do you identify? I am a Hispanic Latina woman. Okay. And where do you come from? Come from, yeah. I come from strong, independent women. I come from a long line of loud Hispanic families and a biracial divided household. I lived in a lot of places. We moved a lot, but I think I would say I'm from Milwaukee now. I've lived here a really long time. So I would say I'm from Milwaukee now. Now you say you come from a biracial Hispanic family. Are you bilingual as well? No. So part of the, me growing up was my mom kind of struggled with this. She was white and my dad was Hispanic and wanting me to have every opportunity in the world. And from her lens, that meant that the best opportunity was to just whitewash it. And so I can understand Spanish if someone speaks it. I grew up in a household with loud Spanish speakers, and so I understand it. But it's the conjugation, it's the little things that I sometimes get tripped up on. And it's something I want to work on so that one day when I have kids, they get to experience the full culture. And part of that is the language. So how are you going to work on it? You're going to take yeah, classes or what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I have Duolingo. It's an app on my phone. And so every day I spend at least 30 minutes learning it. When I spend time with students, I work in Straz. We have two floor communities that are called Nuestro Hogar. So they're Spanish-speaking students, mostly Hispanic and Latinx, and they are wonderful. And so sometimes I'll speak to them in Spanish or my partner's also learning Spanish. So we hope to take classes. We hope to get involved in the community and continue to grow so that we can have our kids have that part of their culture too. So how does your identity inform the choices that you've made or the path that you've taken? Yeah. So when I was growing up, I was low SES. My parents got divorced. And so I grew up in a single parent household. My mom is a rock star. She's a strong, independent woman who said, education is the one thing that no one can take away from you. And I held on to that. And so I fought really hard throughout high school. She moved us to a tiny little apartment in Elmhurst, Illinois, because she said this is the best district for you to go to school, which meant it was a very white district because we know that systemic racism exists in all of our systems. And so I grew up around a lot of white children in high school. And so my counselor said, apply to colleges. You can do it. It was the first person who told me besides my mom that I could go to college. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And so Marquette's application was free. I decided why not? We drove up to Milwaukee one day. And my campus tour was looking for a job. My first thing, the only priority I had was which building is the cheapest to live in and where can I find a job? 
And so before I left campus that day, I hadn't even accepted Marquette. I had emailed Sodexo and asked if they would hire me before I came to campus because that was priority number one. And that identity, like being Hispanic on campus and being low SES shaped my entire college experience. It led me to work multiple jobs. I think when I tried to reflect on it, it was like five or six jobs on campus and working late hours and not having the typical Marquette experience. And that made me understand some of the challenges that happen on our campus. Right before going to Marquette, I got a call from financial aid and it had to be like a month before going to campus. I accepted and they said, you owe us. And it was X amount of dollars. I don't even remember how much it was, but I was like, well, what do I do? Like, how do I find this money? What money? I clearly don't have that. Like, what do I do? And the financial aid officer just plainly was like, well, you get a loan. Like, of course. So, okay, I get a loan. So my mom applied to co-sign because I couldn't get it myself. I didn't have credit and my mom got denied. And so my grandma had to co-sign and it was 12.1% for my loan, which now, right now looking back, I'm like, holy cow, I still, I'm going to be paying off these loans forever. And now I know, like now I have language to put to that. But I remember the financial aid office saying, you just got to figure it out. If you want to come to Marquette, you have to figure this out. And here's your deadline. I just remember falling to the floor and crying. I had no resources. I didn't know where to go with that. I didn't know what to do or who to call. And that's why finances were so important to me at Marquette. And my primary concern was, how can I pay for college? So we got the loan. We came to Marquette. But that, it shaped my whole college experience. And for the first two years, I had a 12% and an 11%. It was 11.4% loan, which for anyone listening is horrible. Please do not do that. It's predatory that loan servicing companies have done that. But I didn't know that. And so my college experience was shaped by me trying to figure out who is Marquette and should I be here and can I be here? And this battle between now looking back, I put myself in a horrible financial position for a long time now paying off these loans. And I struggled with who are these Marquette students? Because I see white students presented on our media. I see students talking about, I go to Marquette games and I feel like I'm Marquette. And I couldn't afford basketball tickets. And so it was this constant tear between who is Marquette and am I Marquette? And when I graduated, I went to Northern Arizona University and got my master's in education. And that was the first time I could put language to it. And I realized that I'm a first-gen student. And that means that I don't know how to ask questions. I don't know the answers. I don't know the hurdles that I'm going to face. And so challenge after challenge, I just plowed through. I just got through it as fast as I could. And now I want to come back and fix that for students. I don't want students to be paying 12% on their loans. I don't want them to be staying up until one, two in the morning, applying for hundreds and hundreds of scholarships to get no responses. And those essays are not easy. It's like two pages, plus they want like your blood and your firstborn child. Like they want everything and you get nothing in return. We have to fix that. So I came back to work at Marquette to try to fix it, to try to make this better for students at a safer campus and to understand that I can pave the way so students don't have to fight as hard as I did. As a graduate student now, do you feel any more Marquette? (laughs) No. I wish I could say yes. I think it's hard. I think what we portray as Marquette and what we see, it's just hard. I love the opportunities Marquette has afforded me. I have a great job. I get to work with amazing students. I have one, almost two degrees. And I also know that my life will forever be changed 
by the pain of Marquette as well. And so it's just both. It's just both and. In what ways does the theme of the mural project resonate for you? Yeah, I think the theme of the mural projects, our roots say that we're sisters. It's beautiful. To me, it's finally seeing myself on campus. I get to look up and I see myself represented. I see others with me. I see women of color looking towards the future. And I see BIPOC students saying, I am Marquette. I belong here. I have the right to be here. I deserve to be here. And I don't need to feel like an imposter here. I don't need to feel like I'm not Marquette. This is who I am. And looking up in my department, when I look up, I don't see anyone who looks like me. And it's hard to find people to look up and see people who look like you. And this is a time where when I have a bad day, when I have experienced a microaggression for the umpteenth time this week, I can go to that mural and look up and say, it's going to get better. We're going to make sure that this campus is safe for everyone represented in that mural, for everyone with marginalized identities, because we know it's not. What do you feel has been Marquette's impact on women of color? I think it's that dichotomy again. I think it's that both and. I have had wonderful mentors at Marquette. I found the RA position and I found the Office of Residence Life and that shaped my career. That shaped me to go into housing. It shaped me to understand that I can remove barriers for students and I can fight systemic barriers that exist. And it was hard. There's a lot of mentors I had who didn't look like me, who didn't understand. I remember a professor once telling me, why don't you just loosen up in college? Like, why don't you just enjoy college? I just felt so heartbroken that they couldn't understand that there was no loosening up. Like this, this was how I survived college. This was how I got through. And that disconnect for me of they didn't know. The CEI was a wonderful space for me. The financial aid office, there was a counselor that I went to my sophomore and junior year in tears who helped me navigate how to apply for scholarships and what those were. There are people on this campus who fight and find students who come to them and surround them because they need to feel like they see themselves. And so those are the women of color on this campus that are lifting others up, that are fighting, that are making the difference. You are making a difference. But there's also, I think, real damage that we have to acknowledge and we have to be able to address too. What about your sense of self-worth? In what ways has Marquette impacted that? That's a fantastic question too. I think it's taken me a long time to come to terms that I get to be Marquette and I can still be upset that we're not where we need to be. And I think Marquette impacts my self-worth as a student of feeling like I was an imposter, of feeling like I didn't deserve to be here. I didn't work hard enough. I didn't make enough money. I didn't have enough highest GPA. There's just so many times that I sat and I was like, should I be here? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this where I'm supposed to get my degree? And now coming back as a staff, there are still days where it's hard. There are days where someone will say something and I, I know I have the words for it now. I know it's a microaggression. I know it's painful. And we still get up and do the work the next day. Marquette has lifted me up in ways I could never have imagined of providing me resources, of changing my family's narrative and providing me an education that my mom was right. No one can take away from me. And yet there's still this narrative that I know exists in my brain and I have heard from others of, but this isn't okay and this hurts and this doesn't feel right. It shouldn't be this hard. So I think Marquette continues to impact in this dual struggle that I have with it. What women of color have served as inspiration for you? Yes, Michelle Obama, AOC, Sonia Mayor. Oh my goodness, the list is endless. There's books and podcasts and articles that I follow and I just load myself up on social media. There's tons of women of color who 
are fighting the fight, who are showing us how to take care of ourselves, who are reminding us that we matter. There's tons of resources out there. So as a woman of color, what impact would you like to have on other women of color? I want to impact women of colors to know that they're not alone. I think there were so many nights as an undergrad student where I just felt alone. I felt like no one quite understood what I was going through and I couldn't quite describe it. My family didn't understand. My friends didn't understand. I want students to know that that's not the case, that someone understands. Someone on this campus understands and they don't have to fight this battle alone. If they feel overwhelmed, if they have questions, if they have concerns, there are resources there for them. There are people to help. And I want to be one of those people. I want to be someone who I've sat down with students and looked at their loans and explained to them, this is what this means. And this is what I'm still learning about loans. And here's how to get a credit card if you want a credit card. And here's resources to help you financially. Here's scholarships to apply for. And here's one not to waste your time with. But I also know that it's hard to find people on this campus who look like you, who have those experiences. And so I really, I want to lift up their stories. I want to help them get to their goal. And I want them to know they're not alone. Thank you. What are your hopes for the future? And that could be your personal future, your professional future, Marquette's future, the future writ large. Yeah. I think that we need to first recognize the harm before we can move forward. I think we know it's there. We've seen campus climate surveys. We continue to see bias incidents happen on our campus. Students continue to share their stories of hurt and pain and teachers saying the wrong thing and students just not understanding. And we have to recognize that. I think before we can move forward, we have to own it. We have to own that that is Marquette. That's an interesting point because when you were saying recognition, I always think of we need to see it. But I think we have to go beyond that because I think we've seen it. I mean, we've seen it through a variety of surveys and students have been crying out in pain since the 1960s. What are the ways in which Marquette can acknowledge and, in fact, own what they've learned? Yeah, I think they have to just say it. I think they have to acknowledge that we're not a safe campus. And that's hard. And I know that that's hard from an admission standpoint. I know that that's hard from a student standpoint. But it's the truth. And if we can acknowledge it, we can work to move forward. We can prepare students. We can create processes that really are supportive. We can spend time, money, and resources and energy, not on the stress and the energy of people of color, but on the folks who need the learning, on the spaces that require that repair of harm, and then we can start to move forward. But I think we struggle to acknowledge that this has happened. We are shocked that a bias incident happens on our campus. We are appalled that a student is in pain, and we shouldn't be. They've been telling us this forever, before I was a student here. And So I think students want to know that we know, we hear you, we see you, we acknowledge that this is happening, and here's what we are doing. Here's tangible things we are doing with our time, money, and resources to make this better for you, to understand and repair that harm that we caused, and to show you that you belong here. And until we can acknowledge that, until we can recognize that, and until we can really commit to making that difference, it's going to keep happening. This is a little bit out of left field because we hadn't really talked about this, but I was talking to a friend who works in EDI and she said one of the most important things an institution has to have is the infrastructure to actually address these issues. Do you think Marquette has the infrastructure needed 
that addresses things like policies, processes, procedures to not only go beyond recognition and acknowledgement, but going toward change? No, I don't. I think this week and many other weeks have highlighted that. This week, we had a major, horrible bias incident on our campus. And on social media, I saw students posting, everyone submit a bias report at this time. We should need one bias report. We shouldn't need hundreds. And if we do, that shows us that the structures are not in place. I shouldn't need to be a resource for 50 students because they can't find someone on campus who looks like them, someone they trust. I don't mind doing it. I love doing it, but I shouldn't have to. We should have hundreds of people who look like them on our campus. We, when we look at our numbers for diversity, it shouldn't be that we're proud that maybe we hit double digits. Maybe we hit double digits. We should be celebrating that we have students who bring diverse backgrounds and experiences. We should be evaluating our policies and procedures through our conduct process, through our structures, through our admission, through our support systems. We accept students to our campus and we have a sense of responsibility that we will protect them. And then they get here and sometimes that's not the case. So I think you're right. I think we have to have massive overhaul and change. And that takes time and that takes money. It takes people. And I understand that, again, this is not something that can happen overnight. And this is something that every institution is facing. But as a Jesuit Catholic institution in the heart of a city, in the heart of one of the most segregated cities, we have to do better. What would you like our community to know about you and your journey? I'm here. I'm here if you need someone. I'm in Strass Tower, far east of campus, and you can come talk to me about anything. You can come talk to me about struggling in a class or having questions about financial aid. You can come talk to me about a bias incident that happened to you, and I will report it. I will advocate for you. I will support you. You are Marquette. It does not matter your race, your ethnicity, your religion, your background, your experiences. You are Marquette. You are here for a reason. You belong here. And I'm here for a resource if you need anything. Christina Callahan, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. Your story stands as a testament to the amazing stories in our community yet to be uncovered. Our roots say that we're sisters podcast and the mural project seek to make these stories visible. Again, thanks to our sponsor, the Marquette Forum, Marquette's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion, and the Haggerty Museum of Art for your support for this project.